Hello there. You're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Friday, the 15th of September. Today, I'm joined uh, for the last time this week by Ondine Wren, who is a competition winner. Hey there, Ondine. How are you, do- how are you doing today? Hi there, Peter. I'm good, and you? Yeah, all good, thank you. Bit tired, end of the week, but you know, here we are um, to here, to, ready to talk about some exciting stuff today. So, uh, which um, which uh, story have you decided to talk about today? So today, I decided to go for Francis Apple spot risks spreading to the other EU members. Oh yeah. So, what is going on here? Yeah, yeah. Basically, France's National Frequency Agency ordered Apple to stop selling the iPhone 12 in stores and online because of an alleged breach of radiation exposure limits. Mm -hmm. To explain a bit, smartphones emit low levels of radiation when in use, and the level of emission depends on the signal you get from the nearest tower. So Mm. what happened is that the French regulators, during a random test on various smartphones, found that the iPhone 12 did not meet the EU norms for those emissions. Mm. Um, A French junior minister uh, for digital affairs gave Apple a deadline of 15 days to update the phone software system to conform with the rules. Otherwise, Mm. they will order the recall of iPhone 12s in circulation. Um, Now, Apple has contested the findings of the French test, and they pointed out that iPhone 12 has been certified by multiple international bodies and has provided the results of its own uh, test, as well as some from uh, independent labs, which Mm. uh, it says proves compliance. Mm. So essentially, the, the EU is involved because... Uh, France has notified the European Commission following uh, single market rules, uh, and this means that France's decision will lead the rest of the EU. So mm. that if no member state objects to the French actions, restrictions would apply across the whole of the EU. Mm. Obviously, as anyone can guess, such a decision uh, could be problematic to Apple as um, the cost involved for a recall and the reputational damage that would come along uh, would be bad for Apple. Mm. That being said, with the iPhone 15 coming out soon and obviously Apple being Apple, uh, one of the biggest uh, entities, companies in today's uh, worlds, mm-hmm. the cost coming from this should not be too substantial for them. Uh, I think the only real headache would be for Apple's reputation. Uh, and I'm guessing uh, this is because Apple would like to avoid iPhone uh, being associated with the word radiation. You can guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Definitely something you want to stay away from, right? Yeah, but I think that's the thing. This story in general uh, is a bit odd to me, but it feeds in the narrative that we've been seeing so far with regulators that regulators want to exert some control over big tech and limit their freedom. Mm. Um, Back in July, when you had me uh, in this podcast, we talked about regulators uh, with regards to the Microsoft and Activision deal. Mm. And the EU regulators 
which is a bit more specific to Apple, I guess, here. But among other things, they have imposed a common charger, for example, for all mm. mobile devices. Now, I think as a consumer, personally, I love this. Mm. Uh, I'm guessing it can be a headache for there's a there's a high regulatory burden on big tech at the moment. So um, I think here, essentially, yeah, what's happening is regulators are seeing big tech as a big bad wolf. Mm. I think the reality is for such big entities, uh, they have the power to do the worst, yes, mm. but they also have the power to do the best. Mm. If we think of the different innovations that big tech has brought to us, yeah. Some of them, yes, are the evils of modern society, but some of them are also the, one of the best things that could have happened to modern society. And mm. uh, for example, if you think a bit more about data mining and the constant tracking coming from cookies, uh, Apple did come up with a solution for its consumer to know what and how much data the apps uh, on its app store collect from its user. So mm. in that sense... Now, in practice, I don't actually know how much effect it does have, but I think Apple does give a way to its consumer, sorry, to its consumer to make an informed decision here. Mm -hmm. And so, this story, uh, before coming to this story, like considering that uh, there's a this groundbreaking uh, legislation that's called Digital Service Act that came out of the EU, which seeks to regulate big tech and give them uh, a proactive role in monitoring and dealing with online harm. Uh, yeah. I think this legislation is going to give a lot of work to big tech to essentially just regulate their platform, but we also give a lot of work to EU regulators to ensure that big tech is following that legislation. And I do think this legislation is uh, a, a step forward in the right direction for uh, regulation, regulating the digital space. Mm. This specific investigation, to me at least, feels a bit like someone is trying to make a name for themselves after going to a, uh, by going after a big player. But mm. also for me, it's it's quite interesting because there's no uh, real scientific evidence that uh, using like the the radio sorry the radiation emitted from mobile phones actually has an adverse health effect. Mm. Um, but I'm not a scientific, I'm not really too well-versed in that area, so I can't be 100% sure. Uh, but you were telling me an interesting story. What do you think about this? Yeah, I mean, I think this is, um, you know, I mean, this is concerning for Apple. Um, as you said, you don't want the iPhone and radiation uh, to be used in the same sentence. Um, you know, people don't like that. Um, however, I think that... This has been around for ages. The whole thing about radiation has been around for pretty much as long as the uh, mobile phone has been, you know, everywhere. Um, so, uh, you know, I mean, my, my remember my first job out of university, there was there was a so I was working in a manufacturing company. I was an interpreter at this Japanese company and uh, there was this one engineer um who flatly refused said i will not have a mobile phone um i've heard that there's radiation i don't want it you know blah, blah, blah. and everyone else had it i think he was the only person out of whatever 1200 people we had eventually um that didn't 
you know, that that that's that's decided that they would not have the uh, have the phone. Um, over the years, there have been loads of studies of whether radiation emitted from phones harms people. Um, I mean, the the sort of the negative stuff does sound convincing, but it's not convincing enough to stop people from using them. I mean, I wonder whether, um, actually, I don't know whether you know this, but uh, the answer to this, because when I talk on the mobile phone, I've always got it next to my ear. Yeah. But I often see people wandering around speaking into the, I guess, is it the speaker? You know, it's like you're almost like holding it in front of your face and they're talking into the bottom of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I And I kind of think, are they, why are they doing that? I want, is that part of the whole, maybe they think that, you know, is that reducing the amount of radiation that you're being affected by? Or I don't know why they do that. I, um, I can give you my answer. It does. Yeah. I usually yeah, like you take the phone near my ear, but eventually yeah. if I'm on a long phone conversation and we've been going mm. on for an hour or something, yeah. the phone hits up. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weird. Uh, I, but that's, that's my problem, isn't it? I'm clearly, I'm not, I'm my phone, my conversations are maybe sh too short for it to be a problem. <laughs> and so that's the thing. So when it reaches a certain point of annoyance yeah. to me, let's say, I'll yeah. switch on the speaker and. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But generally, I don't do this in in the streets because otherwise, how do I, how do you hear the person you're talking to? <laughs> Well, exactly, because then everyone suddenly becomes part of the conversation, don't they? Um, but um, but anyway, okay, no, fair enough. But anyway, so going back to it, I mean, I, I do think that, um, yeah, I, I I do think this has been going on for ages. Um, the and the the irony the irony of all this is quite often the studies that come out with the result, um, nothing to see here, everything's fine. Yeah. They are ultimately financed by mobile phone companies so if you've got a mobile phone company sort of um saying right we're going to do a study here's loads of money go go off <laughs> are the scientists really going to come back and say actually we've got a problem this is a disaster um i don't think that's going to happen the only way i think we're ever really going to know whether definitively whether the radiation is actually a problem is if there is a truly independent inquiry that goes on but it would cost a lot of money because it's going to have to it's going to involve it's going to have to involve a lot of people because otherwise the excuse will be your sample size was too small Right. They'd say it's going to involve a lot of people over a long period of time and a lot of monitoring yeah. and it's going to be very expensive. I don't think there's anyone around who is going to do that. So um, the best the next best we've got is the mobile phone subsidized studies on radiation that are always going to tell us that everything's fine. Yeah. You know, I'd say even the government. You know, because they give money to, and they, and of course, the to to uh, these phone companies. The phone companies obviously pay taxes as well. Does the government really want to destroy the mobile phone industry? You know, so all of those all of those kinds of things mean that I think that it's always going to be okay. And I I I didn't think of that 
you know, what you said in terms of this being um, uh, someone making a name for themselves. But I do think that that sounds highly plausible. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but, uh, but anyway, yeah. So there we go. That's going to happen. But of course, if this goes badly for Apple, that'll be a nightmare. Yeah. Although, although this is, let's face it, this is the iPhone 12. This is not the iPhone 15. Yeah. So it's, it's, a. would say for me, I'd say it's a pain, but it's not disastrous. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's what I'd say on that one. No, but that's the thing. I, I agree with you. It did seem a bit odd to me as well that we were talking about the iPhone 12, considering that we mm. all came out around 2020, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's been mm. three years now. And just overall, I think it just seems a bit silly in that mm. sense. Mm. Um, but anyways, uh, what about your news today? Yeah, so um, I just thought it was interesting in the light of um, Arm Holdings doing having a having a very good debut on the stock market in, in New York, uh, went up 25% on the first day. Um, you know, uh, this kind of thing is, you, you as I keep on saying this whenever there are IPOs, you want there to be a feel-good factor. Um, 25% on the first day is chunky, but not ridiculous. Um, and that way, kind of everyone's happy. You know the the uh, the company that so Arm is happy because it's it's managed to do well out. You know it's done got it for a reasonable valuation maybe yeah. not not as high as it was hoping for but you know but anyway still um, well more than it paid for it anyway um, but the um, you know you need you need these things to go up because that then. Um, gets grabs the attention of other companies that might want to do the same thing and if they do that means more advisors more money more, you know, more money flowing flowing through you know you're going to have all the banks that are involved in all the bits of the transaction yeah. um in, in the the uh you know and then all the lawyers for the transaction as well um and it just you know it builds and builds and then once you start getting a momentum then everyone starts getting a bit of fomo uh and they say well we need to do it as well and and it may be that they haven't thought of doing it before but they feel they need to at least think about it uh or can you know consider it given that everyone else is doing it yeah. so it's it is very sentiment driven um it will be interesting to see how this one goes as i've said before the first day or the first few days or even the first month, it's not indicative of how great the company is, no matter what anyone tells you. Um, you know, especially if they've got lo they got loads of bank on the of banks on the deal sheet, they will be supporting the share price if it goes down. So you until that period has finished, you don't really know what the true story is. As um I keep saying this one, I, and I, I, don't, I never quite get it right, but uh, Warren Buffett, one of my favourite Warren Buffett quotes is, um, you only realise when people are swimming naked, naked in the sea when the tide goes out, right? So basically, if you see, you know, if anything, um, if anything's wrong, you, you know, what, when, there's, when there's momentum going, yeah, people don't look less and less at the details. And it's only when, the IPO, you know, the, it, the momentum gets lost. That's when you suddenly see all the problems, 
or why you know uh, companies you realize why do, why are companies trying to uh why are companies trying to float and you see all the the bad stuff but anyway it sounds like at the moment we might we could be at the beginning of a new wave of ipos so uh so the ones that we've got um that that look like they're they're potentially uh coming up are um birkenstock uh, is one of them um and also a grocery delivery group uh called instacart uh is also another one but like you say the thing is there's more and more that, that potentially come in i mean um in the, this uh article from the times you know it's talking about others like reddit or bite dance which owns tiktok uh and a number of others but uh but anyway we shall see i guess what happens but i mean what do you think of this I think it's it's a very interesting point that the momentum point because it's true I guess that companies that had in mind an IPO for a while seeing what happened with arms and I think this year it is the IPO to that was to look out for mm. uh, will be convinced in some way that the deal making an IPO is back to what it was somewhat. Mm. We've been seeing since after 2021, I think there's been a big slump in the in IPOs. And mm. for me in the general finance realm, I think investor wise with the advance of like what happened during COVID with uh, retail investment apps and everything, there is a lot of noise in the market. So what mm. is that about waiting uh, a few months, like a bit of time after an IPO has happened to actually judge whether this company, the company is successful or not. It makes a lot of sense because I guess everybody wants to jump on the hype when it's hyped, but at the second where everything is going to go down, that's actually when we're going to realize the true or the real underlying value of a company. Mm. Um, yeah. That's I think that's more or less my take. And yeah, we're going to have to see. But I'm guessing that more IPOs are going to come along. Mm. Um, mm. Now, are they going to choose US or UK? What do you think about that? Well, it does. It does look like uh, it's the US for sure, especially if you're a tech company. I mean, the US will argue that, you know, they are their investors are more used to. Um, how can I put this politely? Uh, uh optimistic um valuations for companies you know they they're okay they're more relaxed with it where i think that they're a bit less you know they're they're, they're a bit they're, they're a bit more i say particular over here but maybe a bit fussier over here perhaps but it's always been the case that you know that um listing over in the states if you're is makes sense if you're a tech company yeah. um because you you know you've got a broader investor base a deeper investor base and one that has a lot of experience with tech whereas over here of course we have experience with tech but you know the thing is is they will be companies will be taken much more to task over their numbers i would argue um over here than they would uh than they would in the states because as i say in the states they've you know they're used to these kinds of ridiculous valuations yeah. um so so we'll, we'll see um you know this is a problem i mean this is a problem because um, the uk uh has been seen to be a very you know very good market well regulated um but it's been losing in the last few years yeah 
And I'm sure that Brexit will have had some kind of um, impact on this because I guess in the past, uh, investors maybe saw the UK as a sort of a way of investing in Europe indirectly. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's maybe not so much. Um, so, so yeah. But so, but anyway, it, it, this could be very good news for all the all the advisors, all the investment banks, all the lawyers, all the you know everyone involved in the IPO food chain. And what tends to happen is uh, is everything goes in waves. It always does. So uh, the classic is everyone fires too many people in in the downturn, and then when it comes up again. Um, you know, they they hire a lot of people, and then it, and and so the story goes. It just it just is always like that. Um, and you know, the, the sad fact of the matter is, and I can say this from the, um, you know, the the, the headhunter uh, point of view there. Unfortunately, if you have been let go in the downturn and you're a little bit too old or a little bit too much experience, but not enough experience to be you know the 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 deal getter if you were yeah. as it were um very very hard to get back in very hard so you know that's why i think it's it's very important um to try on and hang on i mean that's why you know it's so funny you see some of these sort of older uh people in in you know these advisory positions and things yeah. um always got a lot of respect because whatever happens, it is very hard to keep your job um, in, in, you know, in such an area. Yeah. So, um, so, you know, it requires skill now and the ability to survive um, to, to get through all this stuff. Because like I say, these things always go in cycles. Yeah. Um, and now maybe the site, you know, trend, it's, it's trending up. But anyway, on that on that note, uh, on that sort of mildly optimistic note, um, uh, thank you very much indeed. Just like to say thank you very much, Ondine, um, for your thoughts this week. Um, it, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you very much for having me back. And honestly, it's been an incredible experience. I really enjoyed participating. And it no, no problem. So much confidence and a lot more skill. Developed a lot of more, <laughs> more of my skills. So I made the experience a lot. Thank you. No, 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 no problem at all. Um, and thank you very much for listening. For listening, um, hope you found it exciting. I mean, I must say, I thought that the 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 story that the listeners would be most interested this week was the dynamic beer pricing, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but anyway, uh, I will leave it there. Thank you very much indeed. Have a uh, have a and and. Thank you very much for listeners. Have a great day, whatever you're doing. And uh, we'll be back soon. Many thanks. Bye. Bye.